Welcome to another episode of First Time Bible Teacher, a podcast designed to help you learn to teach the Bible, starting with the very basics. Today's episode asks a big question. Can you study too much for a sermon? The simple idea would be to study as much as possible, but our hearts and brains aren't necessarily wired to just keep taking in more information. At some point, the sermon is baked enough. This episode is here to help you find how much you should be studying and at what point you should just confidently move forward and preach in faith. Let's dive in. Whether it's entirely true or not, I think most people identify as overthinkers. Whether or not they think they overthink everything in life, everyone at least feels like there are some things in life that they probably overthink. And we can do this with all sorts of different stuff. You can read a text message from a friend or maybe someone you're interested in on a romantic level, but you're not sure that they're interested back and you're reading their texts differently. You're analyzing every word. You're seeing whether or not they're liking your pictures on Instagram or somebody else's pictures on Instagram. We could do this with emails from our bosses. We can read into every word that is there or perhaps that isn't there. Sometimes even in Christian circles, we watch certain movie scenes and try to determine from little things in those scenes whether or not some hidden message from the world is sneaking its way into movies that we're trying to show our families. We can watch a lot of different things. We can take in a lot of different content and really deeply overthink it. And I bring that up because I don't think that overthinking is just some kind of spiritual enemy we need to push back on or get rid of, or we need to see it as like a doubt problem or something that's getting in the way of our faith. I I think overthinking at times is just a personality thing. I think people are in general are just prone to overthink things. We're prone to look at things and really analyze them at times to a point that just isn't helpful. I think overthinking can lead to a ton of terrible side effects. The first is just the obvious one. It makes you unable to really see what the right path forward is. That just as you analyze the options for so long, as you stare at them and you look at nothing else, eventually they all just kind of start blurring together and it makes it hard for you to see which of those paths forward is the correct one or which conclusion is the one that you should make. But not only does it make the possibilities blend together, what it can really do for us that's dangerous is it can make us doubt our ability to ever find what that right path is. It's not just like a difficult math problem where you're looking at the multiple choices and you know one of them is right, but you just have to work out which one it is. It can make you doubt your ability to ever land on what the right answer is. Overthinking makes us doubt our ability to find the right path forward by ourselves. And it can also lead to haziness whenever someone actually tries to give us some advice on the matter. Someone can see our predicament. We can even reach out to somebody and A lot of times if you're overthinking, you're probably reaching out to a lot of different people, which could mean that you're getting a lot of different answers. And rather than providing clarity, they're just settling you deeper in your position of, I will probably never figure this out. I bring up the concept of overthinking 
because overstudying for a sermon can lead to overthinking. I know that at times when I've studied too much for messages, it muddies in my mind the point that I'm trying to make to the people. That as I take in more information, as I read more on a particular passage, sometimes it makes me lose focus. It makes me question what even the right way to teach the sermon is. You know, it, it can add clarity or it, maybe it can add knowledge, I think is the right way to say it. More study will add knowledge and I'll be able to think about things a little bit more deeply. But while it may keep me within a topic, it doesn't keep me on the path that I was trying to, to walk from the beginning. And at times, much like how overthinking can kill your ability to hope that you will find the path forward, overstudying sometimes kills the hope that you'll find the right way to teach this particular message. Now, before you think I'm just advocating for spiritual laziness, which hopefully if you've been listening to this podcast before, you don't think that's where this is going. Uh, here's a few things overstudying is not, because I want to kind of knock out that belief from the beginning. Overstudying is not diving deep into subject matters. I think there are way too many Bible teachers who are content to share what the Bible says to them. You know, sometimes we'll even in messages as we're making application points, we'll tell people that in their reading, they should find out what the Bible says to them. That's a dangerous way to look at scripture. The Bible does have a clear message, even if it's difficult to see sometimes. The Bible does have a correct interpretation. The Bible is not this book filled with questions that it doesn't find answers to or filled with images of God that contradict other images of God. At times it feels that way. At times it feels like there are questions that go unanswered. At times it feels like there are only difficult messages to try to find, but the Bible does have a clear message. And your role as the Bible teacher is to dive into the deep study so that you can pull out the clarity for the people you're teaching. You're the one who does the work who, you know, almost if you think about like a deep sea dive or whatever, there's always a ton of people that are on the boat waiting for the diver to come back and relay what they found down there. That's kind of what you get to do as a Bible teacher. You dive deep, you discover what's down there, and you come back with a story to tell to your people. So I'm not saying that overstudying is diving deep in scripture. You should dive deep. It's part of your role as the Bible teacher. Overstudying is also not reading other viewpoints. Most churches, they have kind of established doctrine. They kind of fall into certain camps on different issues. And I'm not here to knock that. That's, I think, a natural part of us being human. We're going to have different ideas even as we read the same book. But part of what confuses people is just that, that the Bible has been interpreted differently over time. And at times, you may even hear the question, well, so many people have interpreted the Bible. How am I ever going to find the right interpretation? It's a fair question, but it doesn't mean we get to just look down on all of the other groups. I think there's a lot of disrespect that happens in the body of Christ. There's a lot of people who they hold on to their one opinion and they wind up knocking everyone who disagrees with them. 
I'm a Calvary pastor, so I'll, I'll poke at my own people first. I've seen it a bunch of different times, and I have joined in on this at times. So I'm not just pointing fingers at other people who are Calvary pastors, but there have been times, and I was actually just talking about it with a, a co-worker just recently, where we've heard different pastors say like, oh, well, we're allowed to disagree on these things, but all of those people who disagree with us, they'll find out one day in heaven how wrong they were. And they, they just mean that to be funny. They're not actually, I think, trying to look at other Christians and say, look how dumb or stupid or unintellectual they are. That I don't believe that's the intention. I've never seen that, at least, where I felt like what they were actually trying to do was call other Christians idiots. I've never seen that personally. But it's a joke that your message can probably do without. It's, it's a joke that might show your people that other believers are idiots and other people who have read the Bible and have come to different conclusions might actually be teaching like heresy. Like it can come across that way. I've seen that within Calvary Chapel circles. Maybe you've seen, um, there, there seem to be a bunch of different like internet meme pages run by people that lean more reformed about how anyone who would hold an Arminian viewpoint is a spiritual idiot, or anyone who would say that people actually have free will just clearly isn't reading the Bible correctly. There's a lot of that floating around, where one group says, well, we have the right answer, and anyone who disagrees with us is just stupid. Well, we need to respect our brothers' and sisters' convictions. We need to respect the varying viewpoints. And part of, I believe, how we can bring clarity to our people is we can show them how these other viewpoints aren't scary, they're just different. Now, I'm not saying that we should say if other people are claiming Christ, but they're saying that Jesus wasn't really human. That, that's not a Christian belief. That's something that is 100% clearly wrong from looking at Scripture. If someone is saying that Jesus wasn't God, that's clearly something we don't see in Scripture. Those are the dividing points. But the more subtle things in between, we should kind of show people like, hey, I've read into this stuff. I've gone deep into other viewpoints from different camps within Christianity. Let me show you how their viewpoint isn't scary. Rather, let me kind of show you how we can even learn from their perspective. So I don't think reading other viewpoints is overstudying. And the third thing I don't think overstudying is, is I don't think it's defined by a certain amount of time. I think for some people, what they want when they begin learning how to teach the Bible is they want to know how long they should study for. And I just don't think that's a helpful question. I mean, I don't believe I've ever like in a normal situation where I, I had time to prepare, I had time to really think it through. I don't think I've ever taught a sermon that I was happy with if I've studied for less than two or three hours. That's just what I've seen in my own life. But I don't know if that time frame is going to work for you. I, I don't think that number may even be helpful for you to look at. It, it's helpful for me. I just, I know how my brain works. I know how my study habits work. But for each person, time works differently. For each person, their study time means different things to them and they dive into different things and don't ask how long other people are studying. And I don't think you should even put a number in your own head for, oh, well, if I study for this sermon for eight hours, that's the limit of what I should do. There are pastors where 20 hours of their work week is, is studying. 
to get ready. And they do a great job. You know, I don't think that you can pull someone else's time and say, well, that's how long I should be studying for. That I don't think that's what overstudying is. This isn't an, an opportunity for laziness. If you are worried about, well, you know, I just kind of don't want to put that much effort in. So I'll say like, oh yeah, I don't want to overstudy for the sermon. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not an opportunity for laziness. So then the big question, what does it mean to study too much for a sermon? Here are three things. The first thing, I know that I am overstudying for a sermon if the passion that was in my heart to teach the message fades as I continue studying it. There are times where I will first come to a passage. I will be on Monday morning and I'm getting ready to teach for the following Sunday and I'm reading over the passage and I'm seeing it talk about uh, not showing favoritism. You know, I'm in James chapter two, let's say. I'm reading this passage and I'm so excited to teach it because the point that it's making is so powerful to me. What can begin to happen as the week goes on is my sermon prep in my mind becomes less about sharing with people the value of not playing favorites and becomes more about, will I use that that killer quote? Like, will I be able to put together that illustration that people remember as they leave? It can become about the pieces of the sermon. It can become about just the grand ideas, I'm going to say, and not the way that it's going to translate into real life. You know, the Bible isn't just theory. It's about the real world. And so our Bible teaching can't just be us espousing these grand theories. It has to be us sharing real life knowledge. It has to be us talking about the actual world that we actually live in. And if your study is leading you just to think, oh, well, here's this cool knowledge I'll be able to share, that's good and that's helpful. But if it becomes less about a heart passion to see people live differently and more about this concept you're excited to throw out, then you might be overstudying because your overthinking is leading you away from the real point of teaching. You know, Bible teaching is not an end in itself. Sometimes we think about as long as someone gets up and teaches the word, then our Sunday morning was successful. No, our, our Sunday morning is successful if people are led to Jesus. Whether it's unsaved people finding salvation in Jesus or whether it's believers reorienting their lives to live more in focus given who Jesus is, that's the real goal. And if our studying is just beginning to take away some of that heart passion and really is just moving us towards, um, you know, we just are, are we want to know the right things. We want to say the right things. You can't let that passion fade. Sometimes if you overstudy, you just get lost in the blur of all the different things that you've read and it can take away the heart passion that you have to really watch the word go out. So overstudying can be something that kills your passion. It can just turn uh, a message where you really had a heart for sharing that truth into just a lecture about something you now know with your brain. Uh, Continuing on that, 
overstudying can be trying to solve a passage in your study. Now, I was saying before, we should preach with clarity. We should preach um, with understanding. We're the ones that are diving deep and we're trying to bring that knowledge out for people who may not have dove that deep for themselves. But the Bible is still full of questions. The Bible is still full of tension. The Bible's filled with these things that we don't get to just neatly wrap up and say, oh yeah, this is the simple pat answer. No, the Bible, like the world, is filled with questions and tensions and problems. And as Bible teachers, we should embrace them, not try to explain them away. God seems to be okay with the fact that not all of our questions are answered. You know, I think about the book of Job, and I think about the way that the book of Job is, you know, in reality, it's like 30-something chapters of Job and his friends not understanding the world. They have all of these questions about, well, why is this bad stuff going down if, if you haven't done anything wrong? Why is this happening to you if you haven't, you know, really messed up in some way? They have all of these questions and all of these problems. And yet, at the end of the book, when God shows up on the scene, he doesn't say, here are the answers to your questions. He basically asks another question and says, Job, will you trust me anyway? We can't solve every question. We can't make every theological argument go away. But we can provide a little bit of clarity, and we can provide a little bit of application. When the Bible is clear, we should be clear. And when the Bible is a little muddy, we should back off, and we should be quieter. You know, I don't, in my teaching, say that I can give people the answer for why bad things are happening in their lives, and I don't say I can give that answer because the Bible doesn't seem to give it. But I can give some application. Job was instructed, will you trust God anyway? Will you believe that the presence of God is enough despite the problems you're facing? We can give that to our people, but we can't solve the passage for them. Sometimes when you get too deep into the weeds of trying to solve the passage, you're not even really studying the passage anymore. You're just studying a a philosophical argument or something like that. So overstudying can kill the passion in your heart for teaching a message. It can lead to you trying to solve a passage. And last, it can make you doubt whether or not the word you have is right. Now, what I don't mean by that is I'm not talking about you doubting whether or not the Bible is true. Uh, And if you're doubting whether or not your interpretation is correct, then you should keep studying. You should keep looking uh, into the the basic interpretation about a passage. What I mean by doubting is there are times where I'm studying and I don't know whether or not the message is quite right yet. You know, I, I, I get what the passage is saying. I understand the flow. I, I'm working with all of that, but I just don't feel like it's there. I, I feel like it's still missing something. And at times what I can do when I feel like a passage, or not a passage, when I feel like a message of mine is still missing something, I can think that the problem is lack of study. Even if I've put time in, I've put effort in, I've been writing, I've been reading, I've been praying, I've been thinking, if I've been doing all these things, but I still feel like the message isn't quite there, let me encourage you, sometimes the gap that you feel 
isn't something that study will fill. It's something that the Holy Spirit wants to fill. Sometimes God doesn't want you to step up onto the stage feeling like you've got this. I think we can even go one further. God never wants you going up on stage to teach a message feeling like you've got this all on your own. The Holy Spirit is necessary for Bible teaching to make a difference in people's lives. The Holy Spirit is necessary for people to be changed by the power of the Word. So if you're studying and you know the Word is true, you know the Bible is saying it clearly, and you know that the application you're ready to give people is helpful, then no matter what you feel, preach that Word in faith. Preach that word confidently that God wants to use it to change the hearts of the people that you get to teach to, but do it humbly knowing that your study didn't get you there. It was only God that got you there. Ultimately, sermon prep can make something that is in essence very spiritual feel very natural. We can start feeling like the spiritual work of Bible teaching is this natural action that we get to fulfill, and we need to be really careful with that. Whenever we're preaching the Word, God's Spirit needs to be the main thing at work. So even if you're studying and praying and thinking and you feel like you're not quite there, don't worry and don't turn to overstudy instead Ask, Lord, how do you want to get me ready? And at times, he may turn you away from studying it more. He may turn you away from diving deeper into writing and reading. And he may simply ask, just like he asked Job, will you trust that I've got this, even if it doesn't make sense to you? Thank you for listening to another episode of First Time Bible Teacher. If you like this or any of the other episodes, please share this episode with your friends. Share the feed in general. You can follow us on Instagram at First Time Bible Teacher. And there's all of this podcast as well as plenty of others like it as part of the Good Lion Podcast Network found at goodlion.io. There you'll find tons of different podcasts helping and encouraging you follow Jesus and learn different practical skills, perhaps like Bible teaching. So if you're interested in this or more content like it, head over to goodlion.io or follow goodlion.io on Instagram. May God bless you in your teaching. We'll see you next time.